Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. my gosh, I can't get over it. It's, we're back. Just the two of us. Nobody else. There's nobody. Well, Trout's here. There's nobody slaying. There's no. nobody. Guests. Guests. Guest this is so crazy. I feel so lonely. Oh, lonely. Yeah. We we've usually... had to take to the bottle. <laughs> we, well, <laughs> it was just a good excuse. And I have a big crack in my glass. I know. I'm but... real concerned. I'm, I'm real concerned that that's going to crumble in your hands and there's going to be blood. Yeah, it might. But Well, could you not? I don't want to. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, I mean, if you let out a blood-curdling scream, it just goes with our Octobu series, which is what we're in. Octobu! Yes. And we've been a little bit delayed. I mean, we've been a little late on this. A little. But but we've got a lot going on, sugar. I mean, nobody came out and said, hey, where's your Octobu stuff? I don't think anybody came out and said, diddly squat. Boo, Boo, y'all. What up? (laughs) Boo, y'all. So... But yeah, we've, fine. we've got a lot going on, so we are, have been busy, and we're doing our best, and we really appreciate that when we do finally get an episode out there, people actually listen to us, and we feel the love. We do feel the love. I'm actually going to have to switch classes, because this crack is traveling. Oh, God. I don't really know what the heck happened yeah, here. Yeah, it's but really scary. I, it's And that is, this is good stuff. We are actually drinking tonight some cold apple cider oh, so good. with some Blade and Bow bourbon Delicious. in it. Delicious. It is so flipping good. And it's on top of her very special Chick-fil-A ice. I'm so, I can't get over <laughs> the fact that I like scored some of her chicken, chicken filet. Chicken filet. Her chicken Listen, filet ice. Don't knock my ice. I don't knock it. I'm saying I'm surprised I got some. Oh, please. You act like you never have it. You get some every time you're up here. Sometimes I get the cube. It was quite yeah. a crack. Wow. That one really, it like went round. It sure it, like did. a trailer like park girl. Nabbit, <laughs> those are nice glasses. I love too. those glasses, but I think you can find more. Oh yeah, Zoo Lily baby. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen them somewhere else locally too. Oh, huh? I'll never remember. No. Yeah, we'll go to like fifty million different stores, and then I'll be like, maybe I only saw them on Zoo Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Where? What were we looking for again? Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> As you continue to hide packages in my car, yes. that you can't take inside. Don't, say, <gasps> Don't that. say that. Listen, he doesn't, that doesn't listen happen. to our podcast. That's true. I'm not worried. That's true. Hey, uh, Mr. Me, <laughs> if you're listening, the secret word is hide the package. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing? It's not that kind of podcast. No, I meant like hidden packages. Okay. There's no secret word. <laughs> no. 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 So for our Octobu series, we've turned down the lights. We've lit some candles. It's spooky in here, It's y'all. a little spooky in here. I might fall asleep if I yawn. Don't panic. These stories are riveting. You will not fall asleep. Yeah, Anne is going to entertain me tonight with some ghost stories. Boo. Oh, I'm already scared. Yeah. So ghost stories and bourbon. Like what goes better than boo and bourbon? I don't know. Did you bake anything? Oh, my God, I forgot I baked something. Yes, it's been a long day, guys. I put in over 11 hours at work, and my brain, she'd be fried. But I did. I made, so I needed something quick and easy because today was a really long day at work, and I knew that we were going to get together, and we needed to do a quick episode. Yeah, and sometimes, even as a hostess, or if you're going to a party well, or to a friend's house, you I'm need thinking. something quick and easy. With it being Halloween season, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes Adults go to some Halloween parties. Exactly. And these are actually really easy, so easy and fun. They're cute. I, I think they're fun. So these are. <laughs> Do you I think mean, they're fun? I think they're cute and fun. Oh, wow. And I think that they would make the perfect accoutrement to take with you to a Halloween gathering when yeah. you needed to bring us something. There you go. What are they? So these are turtles. Turtles. So it's, it's called, so they're called Rolo Pretzel Delights. Or easy turtles. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you just really quick how you make them. 
you take um, a, a miniature pretzel, like a, a, a min a, in miniature. In miniature. Yes. Wow. And I got the square ones. Mm-hmm. You can get the the like traditional shaped ones if you want. But, but I, they need to be miniature. They need to be in miniature. Okay. Yes. And then you get um, just a bag of Rolos. Mm. And the, the hardest part about that is, is unwrapping the Rolos. Yeah, so, that's tricky. Yeah, you preheat your oven to 250. They should make Rolos for baking that are already unwrapped. Un- yes, the same is thing hard. with Hershey Kisses. I think they should make Hershey Kisses unwrapped for baking. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So you lay your little, I used the Snyder's. Uh, butter snaps because I like that butter. Butter oh, makes it yeah. better. Oh, it does. But you don't have to use those. Right. You can just, just use the, the small one ones. Yeah. Just pick the one you want. Whatever miniature that can lay flat. So uh, you lay them out on your parchment paper on your pan, and then you take a Rolo and you put it on top, mm-hmm. and then you put it in that two hundred and fifty degree preheated oven mm-hmm. for I did it four minutes. Oh, that's it. That's it. Oh wow! Just enough to get those Rolos soft, mm-hmm. and then when it comes out, you press a pecan to the top of no, it. No, you do not. So I, it does not call for this, mm-hmm. but the rule of thumb is anytime you use nuts in a recipe, they need to be toasted. Definitely. So I toasted my nuts last night. There's nothing like a toasted. And what nut. I did with them was I sprayed them with some um, spray, mm-hmm. like oil spray. And then I put some flake salt on them oh. and a little bit of cinnamon, like high, highfalutin cinnamon. Oh, highfalutin. Some highfalutin Ooh, cinnamon. Lord. I can't yes. wait to taste these. And I roasted them because I thought maybe it would give the pretzels or the the turtles like a Mexican hot chocolate feel. Right, right. You know. So anyway, that's all you do. And oh, then you lay. let them cool. Oh, lay all the way. It's crazy. So I brought I brought some for some tasting. Mm, They're mm. still a little bit soft. I don't know how long it takes for them to firm up, firm back up, but they they ain't there yet. Probably in different environments, yeah, different times because probably it's, it's a little warm. Don't be tempted to put your chocolate in the refrigerator, though. It's, oh God, no! You, know, you don't want to do that. No, so you just have to give them the time that they need. Yeah, or just have them, or just soft. have them soft. Yeah. But you could always like if I get home. Tonight and they're still soft. I'm gonna have a little tabletop fan. I'm just gonna go plug that in and point it at them and let the fan blow on them for a little bit. Oh, okay. And see if that'll help them firm up. I bet they'll firm up on their own. I hope so, but I'll eat them either way. Depends on whether or not y'all have that heater going in your house. We don't have any heat going in my house right <laughs> I'm now. Just checking because okay. your your betrothed does have a tendency to get a little bit. Yes, when I heated. left, he had on. Has sweatpants and long sleeve shirt, and I think it's like in the seventies outside. Yeah, but he looks at the calendar, not at the thermometer. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. it's only sixty nine out right oh, now. Okay, so, so yeah, he's justified in, in ha- having on his winter freezing. gear. Yes, <laughs> super close to the freezing point. Yes, very close. So okay. anyway, um, regale me with your tales. I'm going to. It's going to be very scary. Are you ready? I am ready, but we might need a nightlight. Okay. I get well, us scared of the dark. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Ooh, we have the glow of the TV. We've got the yeah, baseball. The baseball games yes. are on. And- but my back is to it. So what I see are shadows. Ooh, it's spooky. <laughs> All right. Well, tell me, Sugar, have you heard the story of Heinrich Rigner? Ringo? 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 Where are you going? Have you heard of him? I haven't <laughs> because I don't know how to spell it. It's R-Y-N-G-O. R-Y-N-G-O. See, I would say it's Ringo, but then we had that weird Beverly Hills Housewives or Orange County Housewives lady that had the the, the boyfriend, and it was R-Y-N, and it was Ryan. So, Ringo, I don't know. Ringo. Well, his name was R-Y-A-N, and he changed it to Ryan. I understand what he did. what he did doesn't even count. This doesn't count. I know. But we'll we'll go with Ringo. We're going to call Heinrich. 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 Okay, tell me about him. Yeah, to some, he was known as the doctor to the dead. Oh. Spooky. Spooky man. That's nice. Well, in 1946... Charleston's own John Bennett. Do you know John Bennett? I have heard of him. Mm. Pardon me, I was taking a swallow. Yeah, don't don't be don't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote about Heinrich in his collection of folklore called The Doctor to the Dead. 
grotesque legends and folk tales of old Charleston. Not grotesque. Grotesque. Are you kidding? No. Not grotesque. I don't know how I feel about this. I was signing up for the spooky, but I don't know that I signed up for the grotesque. Well, there was grotesque. Okay, here we go. Buckle up, buttercup. <coughs> Excuse me. The, um, the apple cider seems to have hit my larynx in a weird way. <laughs> so the story goes that fine Einrich, who is said to be have been the son of the College of Charleston's gatekeeper. What a fun job. I am the gatekeeper. Oh, I wouldn't mind that job. I used to be the gatekeeper when I worked as a government contractor for money. Money. That was the, you gatekeeper, were the gatekeeper for the, for the money. money. For they the would pretend have to, money. They would have to get through me to get to the money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun job. I don't have that job anymore. No, you don't. No, not fun. I mean, still, I have a great job. Anyway, back to Einrich. Please. He'd been studying theology. He was a oh. seminarian. Oh, watch your language. You're right. But he switched to medicine. He really enjoyed the medicine. I can see the similarities. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't come from such a great family. So it was odd for him to even have gotten to go to medical school. Yeah. Back in the 1940s. He graduated, became a fine doctor, and he did really well with treating patients. Oh, good. And then there was a flood in Charleston. Yes, there was. There was a great flood. It wasn't the great flood, I don't oh, think. Okay, well, it was just I'm not a so, sure so of the flood. year of the great it's just flood. Just like a, a okay flood, right? It may have been in the great flood. Anywho, in in a flood in mm -hmm. Charleston, which happens quite often because yeah. we're in the low country, he came upon some unearthed caskets. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, and he became fascinated, fascinated. With the, the corpses, completely, he's he enthralled with them, and he changes his career from caring for the living to caring for the dead. He's like, dude, I'm not going to work with people that, that are coming in to my office that I'm going to do stuff for. I'm going to help these people that are dead. But how are they going to pay him? I don't think he cared about that. Oh, I he really didn't need don't. the money. He was very passionate. He oh, was very, good. very passionate okay well some about people get caring. passionate about the dead and they do illegal things okay well and i don't want that to be this man mm. well he is still a doctor well so what does that mean so you can't take that away from him i'm not saying that i'm saying i don't want him to have sex with the bodies mm. gross it's not that kind of podcast <laughs> okay, well, why do i, I have to keep telling you <laughs> why do i have to Myself. I just over don't want that to happen. I don't want that to be this story. Nobody, you said grotesque. <coughs> Nobody wants that to happen. No. Oh, I hope Einrich didn't either, or whatever his name was. Yeah. I hope not. I really hope not. All right. So he goes to this medical conference, mm -hmm. okay, and he starts, he, he gives this big talk to a group of his colleagues, and he's talking about some Jewish teachings and the Jewish called this this certain thing the indestructible luz, or the seed. I wish I could remember um, seed bone. Sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't read my own writing. It happens. I drink. Is the bourbon already hitting me? I don't it understand could be. what's happening. Things are. You seem loopy. It's a It's a. <laughs> it's a loopy situation. Mm -hmm. Anywho, he says that this seed bone. There's a seed bone, and it's located around the sacrum or somewhere in the spine. It's somewhere in there. There's seed bone. It's somewhere. It's somewhere, like it's either north and south or east and west, but it is somewhere. Either in the sacrum or in the spine. Okay. Somewhere around in there. That bone can mm -hmm. be used to resurrect the human body. What? Resurrect the human body. That is what I'm telling you. He is and, going and the, to bring people back to life. A Jewish teaching? It's a Jewish teaching about the bone. Oh, the bone is the Jewish teaching. Yeah, I don't but he, know. But he might have just made up the part about using it to resurrect. And I, and I, I haven't read any Jewish writings, so it, I don't know if the Jewish... Well, you're really behind the times. I am. I'm so sorry. But back then, I'm not sure if they believed that to be true or not, but he believed it. Okay. Well, that's important. He believed it to be true. And the attendees at this conference are absolutely beside themselves when... 
it's over. They think that he has completely lost his mind. Oh, they weren't like, yay, we're going to do this with yeah. you. They were no. like, dude, you've lost it. They were like, why are you wasting our time? We're very important doctor people. Yeah, we are doctor What is people. the matter with you, Heinrich? Heinrich. Heinrich. Back to Charleston. To the corner Get out. Go. Get out. We should have never given him Mm-mm. his doctor's license. We should not have. No. We should no. revoke it. The gatekeeper's son should not have that. Mm-mm. Well, Heinrich was very, very let down by his by his colleagues. Very let down. And he starts hanging out at the local cemetery. I guess maybe he's meditating. I'm not quite sure what he was doing, but what I do know is that there he met a beautiful ghost named Helen. And they fall madly, madly in love. Yes, he is in love with Helen. This is cuckoo. What is the matter with you? This is a little cuckoo. You're cuckoo. But this isn't scary right now. It's just like, what's wrong with Einrich? That's where I am. Okay, Heinrich has now fallen in love with a damn ghost. I don't know what you want from me. You said, find some ghost stories. It's Octobu. I said, okay, I'll find some ghost stories. I thought they were going to be spooky, not silly. Listen, Heinrich's going to come to you in the night. I know he is. Boy, boy, boy. I don't want you to come to see me, Heinrich. (laughs) And you don't know what Heinrich's done. You don't know. I got to get to the end of this story to find out what the heck. Well, do you want it to be a two-minute podcast? No, I'm, or I'm saying I, I need to wait for the end before I make my final decision about Einrich. You've exhausted me. <laughs> all right. So Einrich starts going to the cemetery. That's all he does now. He's, okay. he's hanging out with Helen. Because he hangs out with he Helen. He loves Helen. They're in love. The only problem is he loves Helen so much. One night he loses track of time. Okay. And he hangs on to Helen as the sun comes up. And, he, and when the sun comes up, Helen turns to dust. Uh, Helen is no more. He has lost oh, Helen. Oh, like she disintegrated. She's gone. Yes, she is gone. Is this because ghost to seas can't be out in the daylight? Cannot be out in the day. I, I wasn't The graveyard ghost only at night. Only, only at night. Only at night. Or they turn to dust. Which is why we go to the cemeteries during the, the day because mm-hmm. we don't want to be with the we, we want to remember the dead not necessarily be with, with them, them in the cemetery no. right right so poor Einrich is I'm sure he's devastated oh beyond I'm beyond sure. I can because he imagine. never sees, he cannot he never sees her again she is completely gone she and he, literally went poof. Helen is the love of his life gosh oh so what is he going to do he commits himself to finding a way to bring her back to him Okay. Right? His only focus now is that seed bone. He's got to bring Helen back from the dead. But doesn't it have to be her seed bone? Or is it just anybody's? It seems like it could be anybody's. Oh, so you could just go snatch one out of anybody's it, it and then be. use it. I, I didn't get all the specifics. I didn't didn't feel the need to research the seed bone. Well, I can see that I'll be up tonight researching <laughs> seed bones. It seems like maybe you That'll will. That'll be but my 3.30 search. It could be. By the time I get to the end of it, it will all make sense. Okay. Either, okay. either way. All right. So, Heinrich loses his shit. Sorry, Mama. Sorry, Mama. He shrouds himself in the black funeral drapes of our former vice president, John C. Calhoun. Oh. His neighbors are repulsed by the mere sight of him. I'm thinking maybe Heinrich stopped caring for himself, oh, caring for Heinrich. his home. Proper hygiene is a must at all times. I don't think that times. was happening. I don't think that was happening. Oh. And no people refused to walk by his house on that side of the street. They would only go by his house on the opposite side of the street. They didn't want to be anywhere close Did to Did not him. want to be anywhere close. Well, that's some stinky B.O. right so there. So something and some re- weird things started happening in the windows at Einrich's oh, no. house. Now, Einrich had moved himself into the narrowest house on King Street. Stop. It was extremely narrow. Extremely narrow. Did he do that narrow, on purpose? Just as part of his reclusiveness. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He just wanted to... Yeah. One of, he literally wanted the walls to, like, yeah. close in. Yeah. So the police are finally like, dude, we've had enough of the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. We think something bad's going in. And we don't we don't put up with that. No, either. no. So the police go to his door, and they break it down. Mm. And when they open the door, out comes hundreds upon hundreds of cockroaches. They oh, are everywhere. Dear God in heaven, this is disgusting. And there they find the corpse of an unidentified woman right in his house. Was it Helen? What do you think? Well, I don't understand the cockroach part. 
it's rotten. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's gross oh. in there. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know. That was the scary part. Oh, oh my. And it is so scary because, ew. Right. Ew. Right. So then they go to grab Heinrich. <gasps> and, and he, he steps out onto his third floor balcony. Yeah. And he jumps. But a gust of wind catches him and he opens his cloak. Uh-oh. And he flies away. Is he a... And he circles the city. He's a vampire. He's the buzzard of Charleston. Oh, are you kidding? No. That's so cool. He's the buzzard searching for his next feast. Ew. He's a buzzard. Heinrich is a buzzard. Boop. Ah! And then many, uh, several years later, his house actually did burn to the ground during the Great Fire of 1861. The Great Fire. Yeah. That took out a lot burned of Burned to the ground. There is no trace of that house anywhere. Oh, I'm, I'm a Gone. little bit glad. Gone. I'm so glad. So I guess we have Heinrich to thank for all the big cockroaches we have in he the low country. He brought all those palmetto bugs here. Yeah, they've been calling um, him the buzzard man. I think he's the cockroach man. Yeah, I think he's the bugman. Or as my allergist calls him, the cockroaches. The cockroaches yes. or the bugman. He could be the bugman. bugman. He is a buzzard. Wow. He a buzzard. He a buzzard. He a buzzard. Well, there's lots of them around here. I know. Well, I'm sorry that one didn't scare you. I mean, it, it was good, though. It was a good story. Here's what I think it will scare you tonight in your dreams. Of course it will. <laughs> yes. Of course it will. Yes. And for this one, I'm sorry we can't actually be at this location to talk about this story because okay. I think it would mean more if we were there. But Oh. There's this plantation out on John's Island. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've heard of it called before. It's called Fenwick Hall. I have heard of that. You have? I have heard have of you that. Have you been? think i've been there but i think we've passed it oh okay mm -hmm. so john fenwick moved to john's island from britain in 1703 mm -hmm. he met and married the daughter of the then governor governor elizabeth gibbs okay elizabeth of the gibbs was not Museum. of the gibbs right but elizabeth was not the governor she was the daughter of oh. the governor right back then that she would never have been a governor no. They moved into a little log cabin on a big old piece of property. Mm -hmm. And soon after, they built a typical Georgian-style plantation house on that property. All right, y'all go. They had some children, and they lived a happy life. Okay. Yes. After John died, his son Edward Fenwick Sr. inherited the house and 11,000 acres <gasps> of land. Shut your mouth. 11,000 acres of land. Can you imagine? I don't even know how much that I is. It's, it's like, so much. It's like a state. And Edward, he loved horses. He loved them. He okay. loved a horse. So he built a racetrack. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, and he actually started the Charleston Jockey Club. No way. Yes, he did. <gasps> he was the, the, the creator. And he also built some horse stables because he really loved his horses right there well, on the property. you've got to have somewhere to put them. He became a horse breeder, and he often traveled to England to purchase horses for his estate. He was all about the horses. That's crazy. Edward and his wife had a daughter, and her name was Anne. Anne. Anne Fenwick? Anne Fenwick. Wow. Yes. She also loved horses. I know another Anne that... Didn't particularly take to them very well. Well, it may have to do with the attitude of the horses. I'm not so <laughs> sure. <laughs> I liked the horses. There was just one pony in particular that I did not get along so well with. And that with. happened to be the one that you were supposed to be riding. I could have done without that one. <laughs> so Edward actually gave Anne a black stallion as a gift. Very prestigious. That gift. is quite prestigious. And, I mean, that, those horses are ginormous. Yes, they and are. And Anne was just a mere teenager when that happened. So she he was, must have thought she, that she could handle yeah, it. Yeah, right. She must have been quite an advanced equestrian. Yes. So Anne spent all her free time out at the stables. Okay. She loved being with her horse. And she also loved being with another stallion named Tony. Uh, now, Rutt Tony Rowe. was, was a, a groomer oh, who dear. worked for the Fenwicks, and he was very handsome, and he was Irish. Irish. Mm, and, and teenager Anne loved him so <laughs> much, she fell madly in love with Tony. She had Irish fever. She did. She got the fever real bad. 
They wanted to get married, but Edward was not going to allow it because he felt that Tony, who was a hired hand, wasn't good enough no, for his daughter. The wrong class of people, no. which is so dumb, but go ahead. Anne was so in love, though. Of course she and was Tony smitten. loved her so much. She was smitten. Probably part of it was because that he was stallion foreboding. <laughs> it was that old stallion thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Anne and Tony ran off and eloped one night, and they hid in a little tiny cabin in the marsh. Oh, gosh. But Edward was pissed. His daughter hadn't come home. Tony uh, wasn't showing up, and he yeah. was like, oh, and we're going to find And the horses were going them. ungroomed. Ungroomed. You can't have that. So Edward got a group of guys together, and they went, and they found the little hideaway. They go in, and they try to drag Anne away, and she's like, you can't take me away because Tony and I are married. And Edward becomes completely enraged. He has his men grab Tony and take him to the stables. And then he grabs Anne and she's made to go to the stables too. The men tie Tony up and put him on top of a horse facing backwards with a rope around his neck. No way. Anne's father forced her to use a riding crop to make the horse take off, thus hanging her own husband. Oh, no, that is so cruel. And Anne fainted at the sight. Well, I would have too. I'm about to faint right now. When she woke up in her bed back at the Fenwick Hall, she had blocked out the memory of Tony's tragic death. Oh. When her mother tried to tell her what happened, she refused to believe it, and she began going from room to room of the house calling Tony's name. Tony. Tony. Don't say it three times. You'll come back. Oh, that's just great. Here we go. At some point, Anne went mad and did nothing more for the rest of her life than roam the house at Fenwick Hall looking for precious Tony. Soon after, she she should have gone to the stable because that's where he worked. Soon after, she died of a broken heart. Of course she did. That's what people did back then. Now, many, many people who have visited Fenwick Hall Plantation who have stayed at Fenwick with family, say they can still hear Anne calling out Tony's name. name She's like, yo, Tony, I've been calling you for eons. At night, if you're outside, (gasps) you hear the gallop of horses. No way. It's Tony. He comes out as the headless horseman. No, he does not. At Fenwick Hall, he certainly does. Why don't he have no head? They say it turned out they decapitated him. Oh, Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. So he is he like is he like the original headless horseman? No, or I think that just really the is South Kakalaki. Yeah, that's the horseman of the horseman of Fenwick. Okay, South Carolina. Wow, I, we got to go out there. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do. that. I don't see why we can't just drive at night with the windows down and and just hear hear if we hear anything. We'll take the boys. They'll love it. Huh. I don't see why not. I don't either. I mean, he ain't gonna. I mean, he ain't gonna get us. He might. No, because we're gonna be in a car. He's mm. gonna be like, what nothing is that? ever gets us in the car. <laughs> no, nope, cannot. Mm-mm. Oh my no, God. Oh it's my reinforced. God. What is that? What is? Ah! <laughs> oh my God! What the freaking shit? And that's why we're not going down there. <laughs> that that's so is mean. Why. <laughs> And that's just in the house, folks. Can you imagine if we were in the car telling oh this story? Oh my god, that is so mean. I am I am guzzling. I'm guzzling. You little flipping shitting son of a bitchin'. And I'm not even apologizing for those because you deserve them. And mama's probably saying that Ann Varner. No, she's saying that Karen Devaney for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. Well, those were fun. Right? They were fun. They were fun. Yes. When I was reading about the cockroaches, I was like, oh, I don't like so a cockroach. Creepy. I don't so like it. creepy. So creepy. Poor guy. Poor guy. No, he probably liked them. No, I mean, he just, you know, he started out as a doctor. He was doing great. And then he sees these corpses and something just flips in his brain. He's like, oh, my Lanta. Look at those corpses. I must care for the dead. But they can't pay you, Doc. <laughs> they would pay him a handsome fee if you could bring them back to life. I guess they paid him in La Cucarachas. La Cucarachas. <laughs> you know, all the Cucarachas yes. you want. Oh, that's gross. Well, those were fun, Sugar. Mm-hmm. What a great way to kick off October. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Boo. 
to the who. Do you have any stories? Did you want to talk about any? You don't have to. I, I have one I can talk about. All right. I have one. But first, let's listen to our friend Kay of Fuck My Work Life podcast as she reads an excerpt from Edgar Allan Poe's Spirits of the Dead. Spirits of the Dead by Edgar Allan Poe Thy soul shall find itself alone Mid dark thoughts of the grey tombstone Not one of all the crowd to pry Into thine hour of secrecy Be silent in that solitude Which is not loneliness For then the spirits of the dead who stood In life before thee are again In death around thee, and their will shall then overshadow thee. Be still. For the night, though clear, shall frown, and the stars shall not look down from their high thrones in the heaven with light like hope to mortals given. But their red orbs without beam to thy weariness shall seem as a burning and a fever which would cling to thee forever. Now are thoughts thou shalt not banish, now are visions ne'er to vanish. From thy spirit shall they pass no more, like dewdrop from the grass. The breeze, the breath of God is still, and the mist upon the hill, shadowy, Shadowy, yet unbroken, is a symbol and a token. How it hangs upon the trees, a mystery of mysteries. Thank you, Kay, for that very spooky reading. If you want to check out more of Kay's very lovely voice, Please tune in to her podcast, which is called Fuck My Work Life. And she has a great co-host, and his name is Jay. And we love them. So this is about, um, are you going to scare yourself with that? I probably am, but I'm, I'm okay. So, I mean, I'm just saying I'm going to tear the pages out of this and yeah. tear them into shreds before I put them in the trash and can. And them. And then I'm going to do some Palo Santo Palo over it. Santo. <laughs> before so, I go to bed. This is a story about Alice Flagg. All right. I'm and not familiar. I know Fanny Flagg, but not Alice. Fanny might be a longtime descendant of. Oh, maybe. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. So this lady, this girl, girl, a lady girl. She's a lady girl. <laughs> so I'm just doing this from memory right now. So Okay. But she won't care if I don't get everything Are right. Are you sure? I don't know. So she lived with her mama and Diddy. Mm-hmm. And they lived on a plantation in Merle's Inlet. Oh, okay. And that's close to Myrtle Beach, right? It is Myrtle. It's, yeah, very close to the Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. Beach area. It's in the Myrtle Beach area. they got a lot of ghostly things there. They really do. It's scary. She falls in love with a lumberjack. It's all about the love. When you fall in love, bad things happen to and these, these people. these girls, they liked a manly man yes. who was a laborer. They mm. liked them. And then their daddies, they didn't like them. Mm-mm. Them diddies said no. Mm-mm. So, in typical fashion, her parents were not thrilled with her love of the lumberjack. And she was very focused on him. And her then her daddy died. Oh. And her brother took over as the man right, right. of the estate. And so, therefore, he had authority over Anne back then because women didn't really have any autonomy. Her name is Alice, well, by the way, Alice, not Anne. I'm looking at you, and you said Anne, and that's your fault. Because, because it's Alice. <laughs> <laughs> and bourbon. So, <laughs> Alice falls in love with this jump, jumper jack. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Now, tell me again, what's a jumper jack? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, jum- so, a jumbo jack. A, a jumbo jack. jack. The man showed up one day in a carriage to take her for a ride. Uh-huh. Um, the brother 
jumped in the carriage and said, you cannot ride with her. She made Alice get out of the carriage. Oh, okay. So these are the things, these are the shenanigans that are going on with Alice, and it's getting rather bad. And so Alice, supposedly, this lumberjack gave her a ring. Oh. And her brother forbode her to accept the ring. Oh. He told her to give the ring back. So Alice tied the ring around a ribbon and wore it around her neck. Oh, that's So that bad. her brother didn't know oh, it existed. No. But her brother decided Alice needs to go away to school. So he sent her up to Charleston to a boarding school for girls. Right. Of course, she couldn't see her lumberjack. So she fell very ill from a very broken heart. Of course. Of course. And it was really bad. Unfortunately... It got so bad that the school had to call the brother and say, you need to come get her Mm because she's real, real bad. Mm -hmm. So from Merle's Inlet to Charleston by a horse and carriage back then took about four days. Four days. And it was very rough terrain. Oh, my Lord. Because if you can imagine, if you didn't have any bridges or anything, what he's got across. Yeah. I mean, he's it's a lot. So he finally gets there and she is... She is delirious. Of course she and is. And barely conscious. She's got the fevers. She's got the fevers. She's got the vapors. Oh. She's got the tremors. And she's gone untreated all this time. Yes. And she's just broke, broke it hearted. She's broken hearted. So he Which puts, puts her. at a high rate for infection. Yeah. So he puts her in the carriage, wraps her up in a blanket and puts her in the carriage and off they go back. But it takes four days of jostling and bouncing. Oh. Going through the marshes. Going through the water, you know, it's just really taking a toll on her. So they get back, and and of course she's in bed, and the doctor comes, and he's like, "Oh, it's not good." So she <laughs> succumbs to her misery. Oh no! Well, the story goes that when the brother, so when she gets laid out for the for her burial, the brother notices the ring and the ribbon around her neck, and he is infuriated. Oh. So he snatches it off of her and he throws it into the marsh. Oh, no. Right. The legend has it that Fan- Fanny Flatt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She got here. never said her name. Netter. 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 Any, any, anywho. Oh, God. Alice. So supposedly Alice comes back and she's looking for the ring. Now, in Pauly's Island at one of the chapels on Pauly's Island, which is very close to Merle's Inlet, which is between here and Merle's Inlet. Oh, okay. Right, right. Um, there is a huge, um, it's, it's a, I don't even want to call it, it's a headstone, but it's not, it doesn't sit up. It's like, it's flush to the ground. Oh, oh right, right. And it just says Alice oh. on it. And so people think that Alice con- is in that plot. And that she comes to look for her ring at night. But, and people leave her trinkets. They bring her rings. Supposedly, if you walk backwards 13 times around this stone, that she'll appear and all this kind of stuff. Well, the joke is on them because she ain't there. Where is she? She's actually buried where her family plantation was. Well, that makes sense. In the chapel on that plantation there. Right. But so people do think that she is Hermitage. So Hermitage Plantation, they think that she also haunts Hermitage because she's still looking for her ring. Oh. The, the Alice that's over in Polly's Island, same flag family, years later in a flood situation. I think it might have been a hurricane. A little girl by the same name of Alice was drowned. She oh. and like half her family, they were caught in this flood and they drowned. Right. And that supposedly is a memorial to her. And people are going and laying crap on her grave that she don't want. She's a little girl. She wants crayons and doll babies. Right. And ribbons for her hair. And, and people, people are, are putting her like rings. rings. Yeah, they're like trinkets and rings for like a an older girl. Right. So that would piss me off. So she, I would think, I would be like, I'm going to come haunt you because you keep leaving me the wrong shit yes. on my grave. Oh, and my God. And you think God. somebody else is here. You don't even know it's you me. Don't know. So you I'm don't gonna know. I'm going to reach up and grab your I'm ass. I'm going to get you. But that's not how it goes. So anyway, supposedly Alice is still wandering around Merle's Inlet around Hermitage and the area that she's buried in still looking for the, the ring. ring of her lumberjack of her jumberjack jumberjack yeah so wow. that's that story ah! Ah! <laughs>
Oh, my gosh. I wanted to scare you. <laughs> I wasn't. I know. There was another story that I read. I didn't write it down, but I think I can remember it. Um, it struck me because it was with an apothecary. Oh, I like an apothecary. I know. I like to say that. Apothecary. apothecary. So there was this dude that moved into town, um, Dr. Trot. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Trot. Dr. Trot, yep. And he opened an apothecary. He got to Trot's. Right. And um, so he's here in the low country, and he opens this apothecary, and he's expecting, you know, to be flooded with customers. You can get medicines and and tinctures and you tinctures can, and you can have your you can come in and have leeches put on oh. to suck things out if need be mm -hmm. at an apothecary but nobody was showing up he had like three customers in a week dude nobody wants leeches so finally he asked somebody on the street why mm -hmm. aren't people coming to my shop mm -hmm. and somebody said because people here in the low country don't go to apothecaries they go to the gullah Oh, right. So it makes complete sense. The Gullah, um, the Geechee Gullah. So yeah. I think, um, I can't remember. I know I'm going to mess this up. One is from South Carolina and the, I mean, and the other one is from Georgia. Geechee is Georgia, I think. And Gullah, Gullah is, is South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they have what they call a root doctor. Yeah. And people go to the root doctor. We still have those For around. all of the things that they need yeah so this um dr trot said well i gotta figure out a gimmick i gotta get people into my apothecary mm -hmm. so he had heard uh pt barnum at oh, the time yeah. had a circus that he yes, was he, he was putting out there i think back then it was just the one ring and not the three maybe not I, actually i think at the time it was more of like a ripley's believe it or not like, mm -hmm. like weird a things show. to come Traveling look at show. right so um P.T. Barnum had had a gimmick that flopped on him. But mm. Dr. Trott said, I think I'm going to be able to make this work. Okay. And P.T. Barnum had told people that he had a mermaid. He had the the um, remains of a mermaid. Oh, wow. And he put it on display. Of course. And on display. On display. On display. On display. But... When people looked at the remains of the mermaid, that they didn't, they it was so repulsive and gross yeah. that they were fish. mad. <laughs> they were very mad at at Mr. Barnum. Yeah. So Dr. Trot said, "Well, I think I can do this." So okay. he closes down his apothecary for a few days. Yeah, and goes and out he fishing goes for a mermaid, out and he collects local plants and um, fish from the ocean and he gets all of these aquariums set up in the apothecary mm -hmm. and then he's got one big tank in the back that he puts a big black tarp over and he tells people i have a mermaid i've caught a mermaid and that mermaid is in my apothecary and if you want to see it you pay money and come see it and people walked in and they were like oh my gosh he has a mermaid Oh, but what was really rare at that time was not a lot of people had aquariums. Oh, so he had these aquariums with, with the fish, fish and, and everything. They were and, like, and they oh, were this like, guy's oh, for wow, real. right. And then they would get to the back and he would take the tarp off this one tank, the big tank yeah. in the back. And people would say, oh, my God, I see the tail. I see the tail. And then he would cover it back up real quick. Okay. And then he would say, there are more people waiting. You've got to move along, move along. Yeah. Well, when the Gullah got word oh, that he had so a mermaid, mad. they were furious mm -hmm. because it's bad luck to capture a mermaid. Well, of course it is. And about that time, a hurricane hit. <gasps> and it rained and it rained and it rained. And the Gullah went to the local politicians and said, you have to shut this thing down. He has to release that mermaid back or else we will flood. Mm -hmm. And so they fl it flooded in Charleston really bad, really, really bad. Which is like a Tuesday, but and, go ahead. Right. <laughs> and they still, nobody shut him down, and he was still having people come and look at this attraction, yeah. and it just continued to rain and rain and rain. Oh, and then a small child was killed. Oh, no. That's it? The mermaid's got and to go? a big mob of Gullah formed, mm -hmm. and they came and they tore down the shop, tore, like, 
went in to like really tear it down. Yeah. But as they were entering the apothecary, the roof came off because oh, no. they were in the middle of a, a, hurricane. a hurricane, a category one hurricane. Mm -hmm. But the Gullah believed it was because he had the mermaid, the mermaid. And he kept saying, I don't really have one. It was a gimmick. <laughs> I, it was a fake. I don't really have it. And about Aww. that time said, I see the tail. I see <gasps> the tail. And off goes the tail. And as the tail is floating out to sea, mm -hmm. the sky clears and the hurricane's gone. Isn't that the craziest story? So he really did have a mermaid. He did not have a he mermaid. He did. He just didn't know it. I know. The Gullah firmly believed he had that. I believe the Gullah. Dr. Trot, his apothecary did I'd have trotted it. him right out of town. I think he did. I think mm -hmm. he was like, mm -mm, no, we don't We don't get involved in any of that go, stuff. I think I'm going to go to Maryland or Delaware. <laughs> he probably did end up somewhere mm -hmm. up north. He's like, I got to get out of that low country. That's a cool story, though. I know. Isn't that crazy? I love the Gullah. They're just, they're such rich history they are they're magical it. they are magical i love to listen to their dialect me too i don't have any idea what they're saying but i don't, I don't think i'm supposed I don't care. to no i just we're not supposed to they're such a treasure they are a treasure and and, I, and they I, cook some really good food oh my god gullah food is and so i'm good. so glad that charleston has started having gullah festivals again yes we we stopped for a while i, do I think like because of the pandemic festival. and now yeah, we're we starting up again and i'm seeing our basket ladies are back out on yes. the highways makes me so happy if you're ever in the charleston area you must go to the market downtown or come into mount pleasant along the road on highway 17. all of these little Wooden stands are set up, and there are women out there weaving. And some men. And some men weaving sweetgrass baskets. And they it is such a work of art. It is and I know tradition. The, the dollar sign on these baskets is pretty high, but it is you are buying a piece of art. Well, and it is totally handmade. Totally I mean, handmade. Not just handmade, but somebody has to go into that into the marsh and get the sweet grass. I know. So and you see the fellas on I their bikes. I love it when out. I see the fellas on their bikes with the big yes, mounds, bundles. the big bundles of sweet grass, riding their bikes home with yeah. their sweet grass, and then. They, I mean, they, they're just the, what a work of art and they're practical. Every basket is very practical. Oh yeah. I and mean, there's can the get one. Wet. You yeah. can put, you, yeah. you know, put bread in it. They've got. You can use it as a trivet. Coasters. They have all kinds of little yeah. keychains. But I mean, Jewelry. there's. My, my beautiful yeah. sister gave me a, some earrings and a necklace. So they, they even have like the rice. They're, they're flat. They're like very shallow bowls that are very flat on the bottom with handles mm -hmm. and you shake it and it they used to use it to separate the rice yes i mean that really was a thing it was yeah, a tradition absolutely. it's amazing i i can't i mean i love sweetgrass baskets so. too. um well wow i know oh, wow. That. look yes, at we, we learned got a little a bit of history a little bit of culture and some scary stories should we do a sugar-coated murder ghost tour I'm what? sure everybody would say oh my to go gosh because it's going to be during the daytime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we'll have to Uber yeah. home because there'll be libations yes. in the nighttime. And in the daytime, too. We in can, the daytime. We can libate in, in the all day. The times. We, we day libate. Listen, there are a lot of really great ghost tours in Charleston. So yes. if you're yes. if you want a really good one, go over to the Yorktown and ask for Bruce. Well, don't go over to the Yorktown and ask for Bruce. That is not how you find him. You're he does not find Bruce just at sit at the, to work. He doesn't just sit at the Yorktown all day because uh -uh. he does tour more places than just the Yorktown. I as don't well. know how many tour but groups I will tell go you, through the Yorktown, but Bulldog, Bulldog is, a is the one. best one in our city, and they give a big, huge chunk of their proceeds back into the upkeep of our city, yes. especially the sites that they tour, which is nice. And I will say, hands down, Bruce Orr is the best tour guide active in Charleston area of all the tour guides. Yes. So find Bruce Orr. Call Bulldog Tours and ask for Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. He's don't our, bring me down. Okay. Well, he Bruce. wouldn't. No. Anyway, so this has been a nice yes. little um, a little jaunt. Should I try jaunt. a treat? Yeah, please do. I don't know if it's still soft or not, but let's I just see how they work. I don't care if it's soft. I don't I either. Think it's like the softer the, the better. I don't want to no, break no, it too. No, no, like the cuz the Oh, this is better. Like the chocolate was so soft when I picked them up before mm. that it was sticking to my fingers. Mm, that really good. tastes like a turtle. Does it? Not like a turtle like little the mm. turtle tortoise in it. That's quite yummy. Mm. 
And you know me, I'm a sucker for the salt and the sweet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Delicious. And so easy. It's something you could do with your kids. Highly recommend making those and taking them to a little Halloween party. Yes. All Super right. good. So what well, now? It's been so long. I think we talk about social media. Oh, right. We have it. We do have it. We have email. Yep. That's murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. And we have Instagram. You can find us at Sugarcoated Murder. Mm. Twitter, you can find us at Sugar Murder. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook, you can find us at Sugarcoated Murder Podcast or Sugarcoated Murder Podcast fan page. Yes. Group thingy. Thing. Whatever. Join it. We'll, we'll accept you. And we'll accept you. And let us know you're still listening. We love to get emails or, or shout outs on social media to let people know, to let, to, for people to let us know they're still listening. It keeps us motivated. Mm. And, um, we hope y'all are having a great October. We do. We it's, have a lot of stuff in store that we're trying to get done. Yeah. We're juggling some things right now. It but, is crazy, but we're trying we re- to make it an exciting October. We, we read a book. Oh, shh. We're not going to talk about that. We have talked about it on previous episodes, so it's okay to talk about it. It's true. We read a book. Yeah. Well, we're in the final stages of our book. It's it's out being read right now. By the alpha reader. After the alpha reader come the beta readers. (laughs) And then after the beta readers (laughs) comes the editor. (laughs) And then after that. We don't who knows. I'm hoping we publish. I'm hoping by Christmas we'll publish and y'all can buy Sugar-Coated Murder book (laughs) there you go yeah for christmas wouldn't that be fun it would be fun until then we we're gonna try to scare y'all for october (laughs) save us son of a you know what yeah none of us like that none of the people that are listening they don't appreciate it everybody loves it stop it stop you know why because they're all gonna stay sweet and and they're not gonna murder. murder Yeah, because if you kill people, we will talk about you. And if you're dead, we'll still talk about you because you're a ghostess. This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.